that's the box office bomb squad for breaking down some of the biggest bombs to ever hit theaters. And today's bomb is the three five five or the three hundred fifty five. I don't know either. Eh, whatever. It's that. And you have ten seconds to put your gun down, Mace. We have a new partner. You got the last one killed. What are you talking about? You're working with the Colombian? The Americans are so stupid. Nine. She was not working with him. Please put the guns down. I would listen to her. And by all means, do. Eight. Seven. We all want the same thing here. No, we don't. Six. Please. Five. Four. Three. Two. One! Come on. <laughs> Go ahead. Pull the trigger. Kill each other. Listen, I get it. You keep botching each other's ops. I'd be pissed off too, but the only way we were gonna accomplish anything is if we join forces. Are you crazy? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. We have a common enemy. The massive leap in logic for that to make sense is, <laughs> this is so dumb. Uh, so yeah, so, the reason I said that at the, at the opener is if you watch the trailers, sometimes they call it the 355, and then sometimes it's called 355. Uh, the number is based on Agent 355, which was a woman who was a spy for America during the American Revolution. So they use that, but they never reference that, and they never talk about why the movie's called the 355. It's just fucking called that. Yeah, until like the very, very, very yeah, it's end. the very end. Yeah, like the last, literally, like two minutes of the movie, they say that. And I'm they like, they explain the story. And you're like, me. duh. I was wondering I so, the entire time. <laughs> like, what does it mean? What does this number stand for? Uh, I have I have a lot to say about it. You know, obviously, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll do the regular opener here. <clears throat> Opened in 2022 in January. It opened third on its opening week behind Spider-Man No Way Home in its third week and Sing 2 in its second week. It dropped to fifth in its second week because of Scream 5 and Bell. I know you don't you, you don't know what Bell is. Bell was that anime about the girl that was posing as a pop star. You're right. So I don't know what Bell is. Yeah. <laughs> But isn't that just proof of how terrible this film is that that was fourth and this yeah. was fifth? Yeah. Um, it ended with a box office of 27.8 million on a budget of somewhere between 40 to 75 million. The numbers vary. Uh, the reason why is because a big chunk of money was lost due to the massive delays because of COVID a bunch of money was lost because there was like an over 20 million distribution, a $20 million distribution deal with China. And they dropped it last minute because Fon Bingbing uh, ended up, turns out she's like wanted for tax evasion. <laughs> and <laughs> so they were like, well, without, we don't want to support her. So we're not supporting the film. Um, there were people that compared this movie to like a prequel to kill bill because of the the group or uh that it's a it's a live action version of Uma Thurman's character show from Pulp Fiction Fox Force 5 because the characters fit their yeah. respect parts and everything like that so there was like a lot of weird talking around this film but the problem is all that talking started in 2019 when this film was finished and it didn't get released almost 3 years later due to just 
problems. So by that point, when it came out, people didn't even remember it. Uh, I mean, we'll 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 just go to the next section because there's plenty to talk to talk about just with the background of this. So Jesse, let's talk about it. You know how many fucking bugs Dave Bautista has to stay that big? <laughs> so many probes in so many holes. That reminds me of a big poop. Had to be an ass joke. Oh my God, let's talk about it. Yeah, so what you got to remember about this film is it was supposed to launch a series of films where we would, ha- they the whole purpose was we'd get a film every once in a while with all five of the female leads teamed up but we might get one that's just two or three of the female leads doing a mission. And then, oh, the other two or three are doing this one. Or maybe one of them will cameo. So the entire thing was Jessica Chastain, Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz, Fon Bing Bing, and Lupita Nyong'o were supposed to be our core group, and we were supposed to kind of witness their adventures, right? Yeah. So they had a massive plan idea for this. And I actually don't think it's a bad idea. Kind of like reverse Avengers, but it's set in real life with spies. Um, Jessica Chastain was the big draw here. You know, she is coming off of a bunch of really high-end work. Uh, Diane Kruger, when this film was finished, was coming off of uh, Inglorious Bastards. So she was still, like, a name that people were like, oh, she was really good in that. But then all this time passed, and so she kind of disappeared, and no one knew who she was anymore. Uh, Penelope Cruz was kind of the the old horse in this, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> Fine Bing Bing, yeah. I'm not trying to make fun of the idea, but, but Fine Bing Bing was clearly in here for the Chinese market. Um, I have a lot to say about her character too. Just, just I have a rant that I'll go on in just a second. And then Lupita Nyong'o, this you know she is white hot at this point. She is coming off of the Star Wars films as Maz Kanata. She's coming off of the Black Panther films as, uh, what's her name, the, the Black Panther's love interest. So this cast had power behind it. But when you wait three years, they lost a lot of it. By the, the, by the point this movie came out, Penelope Cruz had not done a film in like five years. And really, Lupita Nyong'o and Jessica Chastain were the only ones actively doing big budget things. Um, not saying the others aren't good. They're sure. they're all trying their hardest with a bullshit story and a bullshit dial and bullshit dialogue. Yeah, but this movie should have just been called Accents. The movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because everyone, every character has a distinctive accent. You know, I honestly think that one of the one of the big downfalls that I grabbed right away is that. If you take away their accents or switch them up, nothing changes because no, the they, only thing no their characters have yeah. is their nationality. Other than yeah. that, they're cookie cut. I mean, the MI6 agent is a cookie cutter MI6 agent. There's nothing special. Well, they, they do this thing where they're like, we're going to give them personalities. So they went to Ninja Turtles and they said, what are the Ninja Turtles personalities? Oh, one of them's crude and rude. Well, that's going to be Marie or uh, what is she? Uh, she's the, is she German? No. Oh yeah, she's a uh, uh, oh god. What is their what is their CIA equivalent called? B something. Probably oh, should have had that up, man. Yeah. Uh, uh dang, B and D. B and D. There you go. Yeah. So all right, I got to pull up. Yeah. So 
she's 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 crude she's rude she's a rude dude she's Raphael and then you have Jessica Chastain who's the leader like she's yeah. sort of like she's tough that's her whole thing she's tough they're all fucking tough you know so she's the Leonardo and then you have Lupita Nyong'o as Donatello you know she's the smart one with the technology, but they're all smart because they're all spies. They're all yeah. tough because they're all spies. And then you had Penelope Cruz, who was like the peaceful one, who is kind of like, as much as this movie does have the comedic break, because she's like, oh no, I gotta, I'm scared. Oh, cover the dead body. Oh, I'm not, you said I didn't have to do the gun stuff. Like the whole idea of her. And she's the only one that's not a spy, by the way. She's just kind Which of because she's is, a psychologist. Is why I honestly, she is the only one who has any depth of character at all. Yeah, well, we what? also we also get her background with her family, and it exactly makes her, it yeah. makes me feel for her. Yeah, but the one thing she has, the the being a therapist, we don't even get to fucking see. They don't use it. Yeah, they they act like they're using it on that Russian guy. And then I that's just reading. But people. she's just asking him questions. <laughs> That's just, and honestly, honestly, out of all the things they list, once they find the page, out of all the fucking things they list, which one did you pick it was going to be in immediately? Oh, the dragon vase. How this is it in obviously in the fucking vase. There's no how other space. How is it in a mirror or a painting? Yeah. I know it's flat. I know it's a cell phone, but how in the Come fucking on. world? This isn't fucking <laughs> Hudson Hawk where a diamond is hidden inside of a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, I'll tell you right now, man. So many cliches in this film. Yeah. But here you go. Let me rewrite Penelope Cruz's flirting scene. Right? She's with the Russian guy. And I'm going to use some cliches here. So if anyone goes, that happened in this movie or that movie, of course it did. I'm going cliche. Yeah, there's a reason. She starts talking to him. Flirt. Use your abilities. She's like, hey, maybe we should go somewhere private and talk it out. They go into a bedroom somewhere, right? We get a little bit of whatever's going on with everybody else. You get... uh what what is Lepidaniango's character called? I want to Khadija. That's harder yeah. to say than her real name. Never mind. They call her Deej. <laughs> Deej. Okay, yeah, the M sixteen yeah. agent. Yeah. So she's crawling around in the, the air filters and everything like that because you know this building really has uh, fucking diehard style uh, <laughs> cooling system. It's perfectly clean, by the way. Her clothes oh, didn't get dirty oh, yeah. at all. Yeah, one hundred percent. So uh, then we go back and all. This is what we'll see, right? We we see her. Open the door of the bedroom, and she says, I got the information. It's in the vase, right? And then behind her, sitting on the bed, is the Russian guy, and he's bawling his eyes out. And he says, <laughs> He says, Oh, yeah, I just want my father to love me. You know, so something like that. That'd be fantastic. Have some fucking fun with it. This movie is so deadly serious. It's so fucking boring. Yes. Like, if you're going to play with her as the comedic character slightly tilt into it a little more. And the scene I just wrote for you, bam, you got it. You, you use her ability. You didn't have to see any of it. And it's funny. And it's like, it makes sense too. And so she's like, yeah, it's in the vase. I got it out of him. And like, that's, that's hilarious to me. And I'm like, that's a way better fucking scene that I just came up with off the top of my fucking head. than. Lupita Nyong'o constantly fucking flipping through her cell phone and that's all her character gets to do. Yeah. Like you have a person who actually has combat training from all the shit she's done and you're making her use a cell phone as her weapon. 
Meanwhile, Jessica Chastain, lover as an actress, has the slowest fight scenes I've ever seen. Like there, it's the chore- the choreography in this movie is very bad. It it's not great. No, I mean the only one that seems like he knows even remotely what he's doing is Sebastian Stan. It's because I well, mean he, he has was, fight training. Yeah, well, he, anyone in a Marvel movie has fight training. They have the some of the best fight training. You know, and, and Sebastian Stan was very good at it. By the way, yeah. how boring is Sebastian Stan's Super character? Super boring. No one Which has surprised a the hell out of me because I was expecting him to be the highlight. Is, I think he likes her. But then maybe not. Maybe it's a ploy. I don't know. I think I'm, he I'm does. Confused. But I think he's also kind of a, a little bit of a uh, um, uh, sociopath. I mean, well, yeah. obviously he's a soci- borderline psychopath. Uh, so Jessica Chastain, yeah. background-wise, what we get out of her is that she sort of likes him. Yes. So they're the same character. One's good, one's bad. Yeah, exactly. 100%. I... Which gives us nothing. <laughs> no, not at all. She is Nelpy Cruz. We already talked about her. She's obviously got the most personality. She's got a family. Yeah. She's a therapist. She's scared. She doesn't want to be here. She doesn't know what she's doing. Okay. I'll she's put actually it, a decent character. I'll put it to you this way. So a lot of time, like I was trying to explain this to a couple different people. And every time I tried to explain it, it I just kept running up against this wall where it sounded like I was complaining about a, a movie with spies because they were female. And it's not at all what I'm complaining about because, and I am a huge James Bond fan. As I'll yeah. preface it with that, giant James Bond fan. However, if I didn't like the character of James Bond and I just watched those movies, most of them would be boring as hell. Because yeah, Bond of, is what makes them it's entertaining. Just Bond action. and the villain. Yeah, it's the depth of the character of Bond and the villain that makes it entertaining. Except yeah. for if you have seen the most recent one, I'll try not to spoil anything for you. Uh, oh, yeah. but R- Rami Malek really has a lot of personality in that film. I mean, Rami Malek, he's not my favorite villain. I-, I like Rami Malek as an actor. I love almost everything he's in. He wasn't my favorite Bond villain. Mm-hmm. Christoph Waltz returns, though. Oh, uh, but he he's fantastic in everything. You know, all my <laughs> friends, just so you know this, Jesse, I do a pretty good Christoph Waltz impersonation. Yeah? Let's hear it. Yeah, so he talks like this. He just spaces <laughs> his words out strangely and co- sort of sounds like he's running out of breath as he talks, you know? So yeah, that's good. I learned that accent. I learned that voice to make fun of my friend who thinks that he's one of the best actors ever. That's fantastic. So I was like, Ryan, hello, this is Kristoff, and your friend Brandon told me that you're quite a fan, and I just wanted to talk to you and tell you that I personally just do not like you. <laughs> It's just who you are as a person. You know, like, I just That's like, I, I don't know. I lo- uh, he's got such a distinct voice that I'm like, I'm going to learn that voice because he's going to go somewhere <laughs> and I want to be the guy that can impersonate him. Heck so, yeah. yeah I but, have a decent Christoph Waltz. So with the James Bond, you know, the most recent one is one of the only ones where you get, and I as I also got this feeling from uh, In Her Majesty's Secret Service, which honestly most people don't like as a James Bond movie. Was that the? It's the one where his wife is uh, murdered. George Lazenby was uh, Bond in that one. His only okay, Bond. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I postulate that people didn't like it because it made Bond out to be too human, and people didn't want a humanized well, that's what Bond made the, character. That's what made. That's what made uh, Casino Royale so good. Yeah, Casino Royale 
and now the most recent Watching one him be broken as a person over Casino exactly. Royale to the Spectre was is it Spectre? What was the second one? Uh, uh, of the Daniel Craig films. But watching that break of humanity is what made it so interesting. Yeah. Plus, again, the villain. Fucking Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, yeah. Hell yeah. Sure. But yeah, anytime you can add another layer of something on top of a, on top of a spy, because spies in general are not that interesting. So really. here's the thing. They actively don't have personalities because they can't. Exactly. They have to be yeah. like a million different people. So exactly, who they yeah. are doesn't actually even so exist. You, you gotta give them some type of connection. What we like about Bond is his connection to his ex-wife, his connection to M, his connection to Q. Those are what make him so interesting. And the most These recent one, his connection to uh, Vesper and well, yeah, all that. It's a, basically a family. Yeah, not Vesper. Who was the woman that he ended up Oh, and uh, uh, no time. It was yeah. uh, no time to die. Um, and she, what was her character's name? I don't remember her character's name. Right, it off seemed top like of my they head. were gonna play with those two, like being actually like together, together. And then they were like, "No, we're gonna have them hung up on Vesper still." And then they gave us a, a decent twist ending of why. But anyway, that's not even important. Yeah, because you know what? Like the thing is, there's female-led action spy-like films. We talked about it earlier. Salt with Angela Jolie. Yeah. Much better. Oh, yeah. Atomic Blonde. Much better. Gunpowder Milkshake, which is goofy as shit. Much better. Uh, what did you bring up earlier? Uh, I brought up, it wasn't really a spy movie. It's Jolt with Kate Beckinsale. I but just like her. It's a female lead. High adrenaline. Yeah. Because yeah. it's interesting. Well, that, shit. Almost every movie with Kate Beckinsale or. Uh, Kate Beckinsale Light, whose name I always forget. She was also in the Underworld movies, you know? <laughs> Those two do, like, all the same films, interchangeable. Mila Jovovich, she does a lot of that shit, Charlize you know? Theron. Charlize Theron does a lot of it, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of actresses out there that do this stuff that is very entertaining. Just didn't work here. Which really sucks, because, personally, I'm a fan of most of these actresses big time. If they had written a better story, I think this movie... I think the almost all the failings for this can almost squarely be laid on the shoulders of the story. It's just boring. Well, I mean, I, I'm not even done going through the characters yet, but God, I got a lot to say about the story, <laughs> but, uh, so let's, let's, we, we talked about Jessica Chastain's character uh -huh. and wh what we get from her is, Oh, she has this, are there, aren't they relationship with the villain, the villain who was it supposed to be a twist because they kind of showed at the very beginning that, like that guy shows up. Do you have the device? No. And then the screen goes black, and then he's like, "Oh, he's dead." I'm like, "Oh, he's clearly not dead." Then we didn't watch him die, and he was talking to the villain, so he's clearly the villain, right? And when they revealed him later, it was like supposed to be a big reveal, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? We just saw this earlier. We know he's a bad guy." Oh my god, you mean it's in the vase? <laughs> <laughs> so like her character has yeah. nothing, no stakes with her character. No. Do not care. Uh, we talked about Pelham Cruz. She has stakes. She has kids. Uh, Diane Kruger. She's the one who uh, turned her own father in. I. She's got nothing. She's got nothing. And I have to say, okay, I don't know if this is how she was written or how she decided to play the character, but I've got to say, I fucking hated her character. <laughs> well, she. I like, like her as an actress, be, but that character was just yeah, too. She's supposed to be aloof and like she doesn't like personal connections, which is why at the end they have her and jessica chastain's character kind of walk off together and have yeah. like a little friend moment i get that but there's this thing about aloofness that 
writers and directors don't get. And it's like there's a level of aloofness that is endearing, and there's a level of aloofness that is you're just a fucking jerk off. Yeah, you're just an and asshole. she's just a jerk. Yeah, she's just a exactly. huge asshole. And then also for someone who's spent their entire life not wanting connection, not trusting people, it only takes her 45 minutes into the film before she trusts everyone. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, and so and also nothing. with her character, uh, I'll try and I got one other thing for her character, and that sure, is no, that no. this. This woman pulls her gun out so often. She kills so many people that she could have just avoided. Yeah. And she fires off randomly into crowds. crowds. Yeah. It's like you were the most (laughs) just. Oh, she's the wild card. That's why I was like, she's Raphael. She's rude and crude. Crazy. Yeah, no, she's a terrible agent. Yeah. I mean, Even I know whenever, it's probably the it's the way it was written. It's not her choice. Yeah, but yeah, it's like well, whenever she calls her boss and she's like, "Yeah, this is what happened," and then he, she's like, 40 seconds," and he's like, "Oh, I trained you too good. Maybe not good enough." I go, "It's definitely not good enough. Definitely <laughs> not good enough." Because she stays on the line for a while, and I'm like, "What do you want him to trace you? What the hell's going on here?" Yeah, why? One of my f- most hated hated espionage movie tropes. Why do you fucking step Tracers? on your cell phone? Oh yeah! Don't step it happens on twice in this. It doesn't three do times anything. In this film. It doesn't fucking three do anything. I mean, if you took the battery out, fine. But why? You sit it right in front of you and step on it? No. Your best bet is to go out to the road and throw it into a car. And yeah, their whole thing is like, well, they don't want them, you know, getting data off of it. We'll throw it in the water then. Yeah, the fucking Sink footprint's not going to help. The river. You're in. You're in. Like they're in. Uh, no, they weren't. They weren't in Morocco or France. That point. They're no. in China. Yeah, China. Yeah. Yeah. There's fucking water everywhere. So many other places you could have done it. Uh, I hate that though. They yeah, and they do it several times in this. It's just oh yeah. Well, Jessica Chastain does it because she's like, oh, I've been you know blah blah blah. They they're tracing me, so she destroys her phone. And then when then they they reverse hack Lupita Nyong'o, she does it. And then the flip phone at the end with (laughs) Dan Kruger, she does it. I'm like, goddamn. Yeah, you guys are rough Um, on phones. Lupita Nyong'o's character, her whole personality is she's retired. So, she, you know, classic, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, Even yeah. though she's like the, the youngest, youngest actress in the group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then she has a boyfriend that she seems to not really care about at all. To the point where that motherfucker gets killed and she only reacts for about two minutes. Yeah. She doesn't seem to care. Uh, and our final member, who doesn't get introduced until a fucking hour into the film, Von Bingbing. This is my issue here, and I'm going to say some stuff here that can be misconstrued or misquoted, and I'm sorry. She sounds like someone with a mental disability in this film. <laughs> okay. Her English is not great. She has a very strong lisp. So whenever you put a very thick accent with a speech impediment and you're trying to speak a language that isn't your natural language, it comes off very bad. The chips it, are kind of stacked was, against you. She sounds terrible. And here's what bothers me the most. Earlier in this film, there's long sections of the film where Penelope Cruz is speaking Spanish. Yeah, it's a subtitler. Diane Kruger is speaking German. Where the Russian guy speaking Russian and their subtitles on. I don't mind that. So when they introduce this character, like, well, she has to speak English because she has to talk to these other women. No, one of them could have translated because otherwise you get a terrible performance from an actress who 
overseas is a big deal. Well, it was a big deal until the tax evasion. And she just takes me out of everything. And I'm not going to try to mimic her voice because that'll come off. That'll sound really bad. But when you watch this movie and she's giving the speech and uh, when she first like gets to actually show up and talk, not at, not when she takes the device, but whenever she uh, brings them to the safe house, there's long stretches of dialogue there where you cannot tell me what she is saying. You would, <laughs> I don't care. You can act all you want. Like you can understand her fine. You don't know what she's saying. You do not. And it, it's just, I'm all for this diverse cast, but like maybe get someone who, whose accent isn't as thick, you know, someone who knows English a little better. If you're going to force the English, Sure. I don't think it needed the English forcing, to be honest. I don't think so. I I think you're I, right. That that might have been, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that might have been interesting all on its own. I, and at one point, they let her like uh, when she's in the hallway and she calls off all the guards. She's you know she's speaking her own language there. So just continue that. Yeah, I wrote I wrote a note here. It's kind of funny. The German lady is a fucking psychopath. At the fish market, she's just shooting into crowds and driving machinery through shit without looking. Yes. So yeah, like I agree 100. Yeah. percent Also, yeah. machines like that have dead man switches. Uh, the first note I have: no forklift moves on its own after hitting the controls one fucking time. It, it's a dead man switch. Yeah, there has to be a person I am, doing it. I am hydraulic Generally, lift certified. Seat- that yeah, shit doesn't you, do that. <laughs> a lot of times there's a sensor where you have to be on the seat. Yeah. The seat has to be down in order for it to work. Yeah. No, that was, that was just a rolling. Oh, man. 30 minutes into this film and the movie just starts. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the slowest movie ever. And then they get the device. They get it to their agencies. We're an hour in. I go, oh, well, there we go. That was how the movie ended and how they all became friends. And then I look and there's <laughs> another hour and something <laughs> left. And I'm like, what? So then what do they do? do? They do something interesting. No, they do the same movie again. They just replace the the uh, the swap and, you know, the shell game that they're playing in Morocco. They replace that with an auction, but it's the same fucking movie. They don't trust each other again. There's people after them again. They have to globe trot all over the place again it's the same fucking movie there's just this guy didn't write a whole script he wrote half a script and then photocopied it changed the ending on one part it said that's a different movie yeah totally different movie i i I didn't think about it until just now but you're right there is a point in there where it's like yeah and they go we'll do it again and yeah, because they're in the bar, and it's all done, and then it's not done, and then you go through it, and then they're at the house walking out, and then it's all done. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The movie repeats itself in I, the middle of itself. I wondered why it felt like it was such a long-ass movie. That's probably it, why. And that's what's funny about it is it's two it's two hours long. You could have cut – I mean, what what's a short movie, 90 minutes? A short movie would be like 75 minutes. So, but uh, a regular movie would be like ninety. Okay, let's let's say regular movie leads. You got to cut thirty minutes out of this. So simple. Oh yeah. So simple because at that where the movie ends is that because I checked I checked it where the movie ends the first time is almost exactly at the fifty eight minute mark. So let's just round up to sixty. So you need to add thirty minutes and cut thirty minutes from that second half. Well, that's simple. 
you literally just make the guy in the crowd Sebastian Stan, so then you can have that little reveal. And you stretch all those bits out a little more, you know, or put the auction in there, put a shorten it and put the auction in there. We don't need a lot of this movie. No, I, and yeah, I think you could cut some of the beginning parts too, because some of those last a little longer than I think they probably should. Yeah. Um, (sighs) I, I will say one thing, there are several phrases, uh, that the, uh, that Deej uses while she's hacking. Mm -hmm. Um, they are well, she's actually, not, I mean, she's, she's not, not good because she doesn't even know directions, Jesse. And she's not super. She good looks now. at that phone. She goes, they're going Southeast. They are not <laughs> literally, I can see the direction that's going on the phone, not, not going no. Southeast. And then she goes, Oh, they're going to Morocco or something. And I'm like, that's not Southeast from where you are from France. So, and they're crossing the Mediterranean. No, you're not. You no. would not be crossing the Mediterranean. I, I don't, as far as the technical terms are concerned, I didn't hear anything outrageous, anything that was absolute dog shit, you know, bull hockey. Well, they did uh, have one of your favorite movie cliches, the the silencers, the suppressors that make the gun make zero sound. Yeah, this, this suppressor is uh, already making my gun almost silent. I'll put it in my purse, and that'll make it completely fucking silent. No, yeah. that's not how it works. <laughs> um, the one thing... Uh, I did want to point out one technical thing that kind of bothered me. Um, and it's when they, and I know they probably do this cause they don't want to just be responsible for people blowing themselves up. But at one point Deej shows, uh, what's uh, Diane Kruger's character name? Uh, Maria. I think it's just Marie. Marie. Uh, she, yeah. she hands her Marie two Schmidt. vials and she says, this is, oh, this bl- is hydrogen peroxide. Carbon, this, this is, is acetone. Per- yeah, and yeah. you're you're a uh, explosive expert. Can you can you do that? And those two chemicals, they do explode. They when they're, they're added explode. together, they explode. But they have to have an acid catalyst. Well, where did that fucking just, come from? <laughs> if you put them in an airtight bottle and you shake it up, the pressure buildup will blow it up. But it'll just be like you ever seen a bottle of a soda explode? That's all it'll do. It'll go pop. Well, yeah, and see, like the glass will shatter. There wouldn't be a fiery fucking explosion. Well, see, the thing is, I mean, if if you do it correctly and you have your your hydrogen peroxide and your acetone, you add them together uh, with an acid catalyst to start the reaction, you yeah. do get shock and and friction sensitive um, explosive compounds. I forgot what those were called, so I cheated and I looked them up. Uh, triacetone triproxide and diacetone diperoxide. Uh, both of them are very explosive. They will blow your shit up. Uh, but did she just carry around a fucking acid catalyst? Because she only gave her two vials. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't store the acid catalyst in either of those two vials. So well, she's, the, she's the smart one, so I'm sure she came up with something. One vial short of a boom boom. She also buys that bowl of shit in the alleyway, and she's like, I brought the soap for tomorrow, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's soap? That's soap? It looked like that, pudding. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a big-ass bowl of frosting, like, and I was like, like I'm Jesus here at the bathhouse with a big old bowl of pudding. I would never wash myself with a fucking bowl of shit. Like, it looked literally like a bowl of shit. It like, really it was. It really, I, it made me interested of like, is that how soap looks over there? Like, I, I'm not saying it needs to look like a bar for everybody, but is it like a... A, a liquid mass in other places. I don't know. Very weird to me. Also, there's a moment in this that bothers me. So 
<clears throat> she has to follow the guy into the bathhouse, right? Khadij? Yes. But the guy walks down the alleyway and they're following him. And she's like, oh, yeah, you can't guys can't go in there because you're white women. And they're going to know that you're not supposed to be there. And she's like, so I so I will get out of my rest area here because she's like in the high area. Get down there, find a head shawl, put it on, go buy soap, get in there. And he's still walking down the maybe 25 foot lane. Yeah. He like, takes how, why did the guy stop halfway through and wait for her to catch up to him? Did you know there is actually a brand of soap called Hamam? Which is what those oh, yeah. bathhouses called as a Hamam. Uh, but the, I looked up Hamam soap and there is a brand that it looks like Irish Spring, honestly. But it's it's a bar. None of these look like a giant bowl of shit. I am not seeing bowls of shit anywhere. Moroccan soap. Black soap. Oh, Moroccan. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, that does look like shit. <laughs> really? Yeah, it looks like... And soap. It looks like weed. Residue. Oh, shit, that does look like so. That does look like a bowl <laughs> of shit, doesn't it? We yeah. we apologize to the Moroccan people. I'm sure that's actually fantastic. But that okay, that's exactly what it she is, bought. It that's, is literally a giant sticky tar bass of like it's sold in containers that look like like olive oil, fucking uh, uh, Ben and Jerry uh, yeah. ice cream containers. Like oh, that looks gross. Apparently, it's very popular soap with uh, dark skinned people. Ah. Interesting. Okay. I didn't uh, know that. It is super sticky, which just seems like a the opposite of what you want from soap. Kind of, it yeah, it looks when like you add water uh, to it, it lathers. Oh, it's sticky because you put it on your skin and it lathers up and you actually have to scrub to get it off, which makes you really clean. It's really good for your face. Oh. Now we're learning about Moroccan black soap. Yeah, which is way more interesting than this. Way movie more is. interesting than the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so hey, if anyone out there has tried Moroccan black soap, or you just particularly like Moroccan <laughs> black soap, let us know. Send us a message. Let us let, educate us, stupid white men, please. We we enjoy finding out new things. There yeah, are I'm some like, brands you know, of this that actually don't look that bad. That it would be interesting to try. Uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, there's one. Try of, anything once. Yeah, there's a couple of these that. Oof, they look like somebody just emptied their earwax into a container for a really long time. Yeah, the, yeah, it's a real dark, sticky. <laughs> like if if you know what like bong resin looks like, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's what exactly it like. what it looks like. Oh it looks like God. bong resin. Yeah. I, again, I'm not trying to insult Moroccans. Yeah, no. It, it's, clearly, it's very good soap. Yeah. Um, I, as I'm looking I on mean, here, it's a I huge was, product that a bunch of people use. I was gonna say I'm looking at one thing here. It's it's a 16 ounce thing of soap, and it's forty dollars. It's got to be good. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to the movie. Yeah. 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 Know? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, how about this, Jesse? You can turn the tracker off on the device. Yeah, that's a real what handy feature. What the fuck's feature? the point of the tracker? God, it just that, it's a handy feature. You know, in case you steal it and you don't want anyone to find out where you went. The the tracker bothered me too because remember in Morocco they were like, "Whoa, where's that? Where's that?" They have a tracker. Just follow it. And the tracker is one of those magical trackers, uh, where they can track you down to the pinpoint, not the like ten foot radius or twenty foot radius like most trackers. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, because that's how those work. A- yeah, trackers work. You know, GPS is so accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm, uh, I'm lucky if I can find my phone in the couch. 
<laughs> Speaking of not being able to find something, she shoots him on the in, inward thigh and says, I shot you in the femoral artery. Not where it is. It's on the outside of your leg. <laughs> stupid, stupid thing there. And she shot, and there's a little red spot. You shoot someone in the femoral artery, that shit will squirt. That's one of the highest pressure arteries you have in your body. Like, my wife is a nurse. They had a lady who lost her leg in an accident. That femoral artery will gush. Well, yeah. It gushes. It's the primary blood source for your leg. It, it's, and it, you know, it's an artery, not a vein. So it's like getting the, it's getting the good stuff. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I, and I wondered to myself, did she, I mean, I don't think she actually shot him. Like knowingly, I don't think she shot him in the femoral artery. Like you said, would have been you fucking covered in blood. Made it up, exactly him. to scare the shit out of him. And he was going into shock from being yeah. shot in the leg. Well, because she also was like, "You see that light? That's you losing blood." Yeah. So from a person who's lost enough blood to pass out and and had to get a blood transfusion to survive, myself, uh, you can lose a lot of blood, man. Yeah. You would be shocked at how much blood you can lose before <laughs> you start getting sick. Like I lost conservatively. On a concrete floor, a six foot by four foot rectangle of blood, and I and then I and I, granted I'm much larger than that man, but still I lost a lot of blood before I I passed out from it, and that was that was that was from getting a fucking artery ripped open in my leg, not the femoral artery, different artery, but like. It was bad, and like I'm just like think back, like man, when you go through something like that, and movies talk about it, you're like, that's not how that is. No, it's it's just, it's like shock. If you ever gone through shock, or if you ever actually no. had sunstroke, or if you know anything about guns, or if you know anything about medicine, when that shit happens to you and you see it in movies, you're like, my well, movies are bullshit, man. Right, and it really breaks the the magic of it all. Yeah, well, I mean, your average human has like a gallon and a half of blood. Yeah, well, we, well, more Man. than that. Well, I mean, it's that's that's your average the average adult. It's supposed it's basically like ten, 10 or so percent of your body weight is your blood. <clears throat> so, I mean, it depends on how big, how tall, you know, whatever you are. Uh, yeah. But if you think about that, a gallon and a half—that's a shitload of liquid. Like, I mean, to cover that space on a floor, that's a couple pints. That's it. Yeah, if you if you pour you a know? gallon of milk so, out. Think about how much that, that would, covers. Yeah, that would cover your whole kitchen. So, I mean, but the thing is, your blood, your your arteries are taking so much pumping blood that if you popped one of those suckers, I, man, I mean, if you opened yeah. up an actual artery, you're passed out in 30 seconds. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're, and like, you're gone quick. It, it, it's just funny, too, because, like, the one, the one and a half gallons, that's for, like, a person who is, like, uh, uh, they usually use men just to kind of make it a little easier. So that's like a man who's like five eight to five nine who weighs under two hundred pounds. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So that's your average human size, right? I'm six. I'm over six foot tall, and I weigh three over three hundred pounds. I'm a big fucking dude. So I had a lot of blood in me, and I lost a lot of blood, and I thought I was gonna die from how much blood I lost, and we were holding it. Like, so the blood would come out less and the ambulance got there. I was fine. Uh, got a blood transfusion doing good. Well, I won't get into Mormon heaven now though. Oh boy. I'm, I, know I will that say probably this is ruining it for you. 
uh, I made a joke. Uh, I stole it from something. I cannot recall what I stole it from, but I made a joke that made uh, Brittany laugh. She's uh, she's like, is your movie any good? And I go, it's about as exciting as the Mormon Kama Sutra. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good. And she laughed really hard about that. And I was like, that was the fucking high point of this movie. So, but, uh, by the way, someone like someone in you, with your relative size, with the, the things you just told me, would have roughly 3.3 gallons of blood. Yeah, and I probably lost half a gallon. Yeah. So that <laughs> is the difference between the An average, average human. and, like, someone who's just tall. A big dude, yeah. Because yeah. I'm not, like, freakishly tall or freakishly fat. I'm either of those things. I am just a big guy. Yeah. Like, I'm, oh, I'm trying to think of an actor that fits me that isn't, like, someone that people actually have seen next to other people, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anybody. I'll think of somebody when we're doing something else and be like, yeah, you know that's I mean, it. You know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, according uh, to the, uh, uh you know what? If you watch the office, if you watch the office, I'm like Stanley size where he's slightly above average height and he's a heavier guy. There you go. By the way, if you ever need to calculate the weight of anything liquid, aqua dash calc.com apparently oh. knows exactly how much blood weighs. Hmm. Blood's hard to clean up, very yes. sticky, and smells terrible. Yeah, that's a uh, that is a human instinct right there. We know we know what blood smells like. We know what human blood smells like, and we don't fucking like it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got Your home from the hospital. Asshole. Yeah, I got home from the hospital, and uh, my brothers had to clean it up, and they're like, "Yeah, we threw sawdust on it." And uh, it used like an entire brick, which if you know what, how sawdust comes, you, you got to remember that we, I grew up in a, you know, kind of a place where we worked on cars and did a lot of stuff like that. So a brick of sawdust is like the size of like half a hay bale. It's like a small pillow. It's a lot, it's a lot of sawdust. They go, it used a whole brick of sawdust just to absorb it enough where we could scoop it up. And there's still to this day on that concrete, you can see an outline you can see where that blood was. It stained that fucking concrete. Yeah. And that was after using hydrochloric acid on it. Oh yeah. Cause they were like, my dad was like, I really don't want to see this all the time. So my brother poured hydrochloric acid on it, scrubbed it and it went away, but you can still see the, the, the color differences. It's definitely darker. Oh yeah. That iron is in the concrete for life. Oh yeah. It gets in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I've, I've had a couple accidents that almost cost me my life, you know, cause I'm, I'm one of those guys. I lead an exciting backstory. Hey man. Uh, unlike any of these characters, uh, <laughs> but I'm all right, Jesse, you got anything else to add? I do not really. I've, I've spent every note that I have. It's just so much about this film that could work that doesn't. Yeah, you know, exactly. like I don't think the actresses are bad choices. Maybe five was a, a bit much. That's a kind of a big cast to focus on because no one gets the spotlight really. Uh, I love the idea that this is like a spinoff thing that they're trying to do, but like I don't know. There's a, there's a it factor that's missing here, and I'm not sure what it is. I think it was an interesting villain. I think that's what the biggest part of it was. Regardless of how bad the story was, I can forgive kind of a boring origin story if it means we're going to get really cool sequels. But you needed a good villain that was going to continue on for that to happen. Like, Sebastian Stan should have got away in the end. 
Yeah. And that should have been their, their goal. Like we have to stop him and prove our innocence, you know, give him an A team situation, you know? Yeah. And I, I will say the one thing they did do with Sebastian Stan that I did, I can't say enjoy, but, uh, was different is that he was not afraid to have his men shoot people. So in that whole scene where he's like, where's the drive? And you know, she's like, oh, yeah. I don't know. And bam, he's like, shoot him. Bam. Dude gets shot. You know, normally they're like, shoot him. And they're like, well, no, I mean, when she catches him outside, he goes, go ahead, do it. The moment you shoot me, I'll have him shoot into the crowd. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. That's a decent bad guy move. But he delivers it like you would saying, oh, yeah, I order pizza at home later if you if you want to eat at home. Right. Like he just says it so non. Definitely makes me way, think he's a I, sociopath. I least. know that Sebastian Stan's a good actor because I've seen him in things where he acts. Like I know in Winter Soldier, he's just kind of edgy the entire time. But like if you've watched I, Tanya, or that, oh, what was that one where he's a cannibal? That one's great. Like, he can't act. So I don't know what's going on in this film. Yeah, I don't know. All right, Jesse. Time for one of our favorite games. Got to do something to cheer it up, man. Because, oh, wait, you know what? Let's play a little mini game I created. Ooh. I like did, did Brandon fall asleep? <laughs> Did Brandon fall asleep? I'm going to say no because the movie was actually pretty loud. So here's the thing. I had to split it into two parts to watch it. I watched like an hour or something, and then I watched an hour or something later. Nice. And I fell asleep both times. <laughs> A twofer. Uh, that's awesome. So uh, in the first section, uh, I fell asleep when they get to uh, – it's before the whole crowd is together. It's just Lupita Nyong'o and Mace, uh, Jessica Chastain's character. Yeah. It's just them, and it's right before they go off to go after um, uh, what's his name? and Or the, the German lady. Right before they go off, that they have like a section where they're just kind of talking about stuff. Out. Not very long, like maybe a minute or two, but I, it did not, it did make me fall asleep. I go, wow, okay. You're the and best then, in the world of what you do. Yeah, putting me to sleep. That, by the way, that's how the lines are delivered in this movie. Play the asshole line. We're spies, asshole. See how little, like, emphasis is on that? And that's, like, her right? biting back. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's her, I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> We're spies, asshole. No. Yeah, I, it's just, it's delivered like you're ordering at, a, like, a fast food box. Yeah. We're spies, uh, asshole. Yeah, you I mean, give it any something. personality. And I know you can do it because I've seen you act better in other things. So, right? And uh, then whenever the second part, when Fan Bingbing gives that extremely long speech about why they stole the device and who was a bad guy and what their plans are, it was so long. I fell asleep in the middle of that somewhere. I was like, oh, my fucking God, shut up. And I just fell out. I was out. I remember the her, like, boss showed up, the old man. Uh-huh. And then he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm gone. And then when I woke back up, he was not in the scene anymore. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess he was only here for a minute. Yeah. Or I was asleep way longer than I expected. Could be either way. He, anyway, wasn't, he wasn't on there for very long. I think you see That him. might be a new game we play. He may have had, like, three minutes of screen time for the whole movie. Yeah, true. Jason Fleming did. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> they barely gets anything. Anyway, Jesse. Let's play five degrees. All right, wait. Did we say five degrees or is it four degrees? It's five. 
I always forget the name of it. I don't know why. I mean, you know what? Five. I wrote, I wrote a note. Oh, Five okay. degrees of Joe Morton. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. All right. And it is my turn this time. I got it in two. Um, I have uh, the previously mentioned one, a good actor. I like him, Jason Fleming. Uh, he was supposedly the big bad in this one. He wasn't really in there that long. Um, he's also the bad guy in uh, one of the Charlie's Angels movies, and uh, he's a good bad guy. That's a better version of this, even though the Charlie's Angels movies aren't great. It's still a better version than this. Yeah. So I got Jason Fleming to Johnny Depp in From Hell, which is a really right. good movie. And then, of course, Johnny Depp to Joe Morton in The Astronaut's Wife. Hey, Astronaut's Wife Connection, always a fan. (laughs) All right, I have Lupita Nyong'o is in Star Wars The Last Jedi as Maz Kanata. Okay. And Frank Oz is Yoda in that. Oh. Frank Oz was in Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah. With Joe Morton. With Joe Morton. I like it. I just like seeing Frank Oz doing actual like live action bits. He's a, I think he's a cop in that, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I think he is. I think yeah. I think you're correct. But yeah, yeah. So we both got into very, very nice. different ways to get there. So I'm sure every one of these actresses we could get it into on probably if we really tried, Most except for them. maybe Fon Bing Bing. No, you know what? She was in. Uh, you might be able to get it with her. Do we do a live? Uh, <laughs> a live one here of on Bing but oh, Bing Bing is one a, word I think right yes okay. she was in a movie that I thought on Bing Bing or Bing Bing Fun because I know she was in X-Men Days of Future Past because she is Blink so and I'm going with that one I guess because I can't think of anything else off the top of my head yeah there's not a whole lot of yeah X-Men Days of Future Past uh, Iron Man 3 she was in Iron Man 3 who? Uh, she was Wu Jiankui. I, I, so I know she's going to be in the the sequel to the Meg because it's like you got to have your Chinese audience, and that's she's one of the actresses that we've been throwing in everything. Her and then the one that was in uh, Mortal Engines. That lady, who's a much better actress, by the way. I would have rather had her in this. Yeah, the one that played. Uh, Wolf or Claw or Fang or whatever. Fang. Her name was Fang. Yeah, so X-Men Days of Future Past. That's a big cast. That's a huge cast. How do we connect that? Let me think here. Let's see. I don't know. Charlie Storan. Uh, Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Was Holly Berry Storm in that one? Yeah. Okay. The executive decision. Oh, uh, you and your executive decision. <laughs> that one I just read. I just know that one. She's a stewardess and an executive decision with this Joe Morton. So there you go. That's two. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying off the top of my head to think my. <sighs> Diane Kruger, um, I think, I mean, would be the hardest one. Well, uh, she was in Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Oh, Inglorious Bastards with um because uh, Brad Pitt was in there. I mean, that's a big yeah. cast. Man, I'm looking. I'm looking through. 
the Days of Future Past. Oh, you know what? Ian McKellen's in it. He was an apt pupil with Joe Gordon. Yeah, I know my I know my weird Ian McKellen's a Nazi movies because that was not the only one he did because he also did that. Uh, That's true. Gods and Monsters. That is true. Diane Kruger. Yeah, Glorious uh, Joe Gordon's the teacher in that movie. Think of who else was in Inglorious Bastards that would have been with. See, Eli Ross got Christoph Waltz. He's in that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm drawing a blank on who else would have been in that movie that would have done something with Joe Morton. I I can't think of anyone right off the top of my head. I'm sure there are some. Um, oh, I'm sure, but. I, oh Jesus Christ! I was just like, oh, well, Jamie Fox was in stealth with him. Uh, Jamie Fox. Oh yeah, well, I guess you can do that. No, that's Django. God dang it! I'm an idiot. I don't know why I just got those two confused. Yeah, yeah, but you. I, I mean, you it. could do it in a couple steps using that. And Glorious Bastard, Christoph Waltz, Christoph Waltz, Jamie Fox, Jamie Fox to uh, yeah. uh, Joe Morton. So I mean, you could definitely yeah. do it in a couple steps. This is why we play this game, ladies and gentlemen, because Joe Morton is just Joe Morton is our Kevin Bacon. He can be tied to so many anyone. It's fantastic. So many. You go, Joe. Uh, I'm trying to think of other Diane Kruger films. I'm looking she doesn't stuff. have all that many. I I noticed when I was. Uh, I've never even heard of a lot of these. Yeah. I'm just flipping through here. What the fuck is the hunting party? Uh, the- oh gosh, I remember hearing about that, but I, don't, I, I think I'm thinking of a different movie. Oh, she was a national treasure. Oh yeah, she was the uh, the love interest in National Treasure. Oh, she's the love interest in Mister Nobody, the Jared, that really weird fucking Jared Leto film. So there's your connection because Leto was in Justice League. Yeah. Yep. There you go. It's like there's movies. I'm looking at her thing on here, and there's movies with like big actors I've never even heard of. So weird. Oh, she was in that Welcome to Marwin movie with uh, Steve Carell. Yeah, that was a good movie. She's got an interesting career because like she does like a lot of like she does a little mix of everything. It's like a lot. She's in some like kind of fun drama stuff oh she she's an unknown do you remember whenever the the taken movies we weren't getting enough taken so they also did unknown which was the same thing except he was in a coma instead of his family being taken away oh yeah 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 so there there, she was in that she's his wife in that so i'm sure you can make a liam neeson connection there somewhere anyway that's neither here nor there I'm just looking through her movie list, and I'm like, I've not seen most of these. I feel bad. <laughs> Lapina Nyong'o is obviously the easiest one because she's done so many big films, Black Panther, and she was in event. She was fucking in Endgame. Wait, no, she did not show up in Endgame. That's a shame. But she was in Star Wars as well. So yeah. I mean, you got two of the biggest franchises so many, ever. So many people in Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. So. I'm surprised Joe Morton hasn't been in a Star Wars film yet. Joe, what are you doing, man? Get hold of your agent. Get Joe in Star Wars. I want Joe as either he's, he's got to be a scientist who's figured out no, something really scientist. bad and wants to tell someone about it and then gets killed because he's slabbing <laughs> in his mouth. Oh yeah, he's always he's a military scientist who's working on an evil thing and has a, a conscious. 
Yeah. And he goes, I don't want to work on this evil thing anymore. 100% give it to and us, it, Joe. And that, get, that gets him killed. Man, I'll go see the movie just because you're throwing Mandalorian. Make him one of those clone doctors. Like yeah. the guy with the glasses. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I don't want to bring back the Emperor. Oh, no, I was killed by bad guys. <laughs> Uh, he's gotta die. I mean, he's gotta. Uh, I mean, you know, people give shit to Sean Bean for dying and everything. I don't know if Joe Morton has made it to the end of a film ever. <laughs> yeah, he never died in Eureka, I don't think. Although he had no, a death wish for like a whole season, but um, he survives in Eureka. He that was also a prime, like a TV show. So he doesn't die yeah. in Smallville either. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh man. All right. Yeah, sorry. I'm, 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 th- I'm thinking of Joe Morton movies and whether he died in them. He doesn't. He doesn't die. Okay. Interesting one here. Technically, he doesn't die in the pest because he plays the the girl's father. But when we are in the headhunter trophy room and they're showing all the humans he's killed, uh-huh. the heads. Yeah. For African American, they do use Joe Morton's head. <laughs> That's so awesome. he. Although he didn't die in that film, a version of him died in that film. So <laughs> that's fantastic. Just say it. I love it. Uh, if anyone knows where I can get a replica of that Joe Morton head for my office for reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just want to hang that Joe Morton head up. <laughs> I'll pop off the plaque that says African American because I feel like that makes it a little racist. That, that yeah, that's myself. a little much. <laughs> I'll, I, this, do the, I do the Wiley Coyote thing, like Joicus Morton. Mortonist yeah. or something. Yeah. Some genus name. Joe Mortonist Awesomest or something. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> give, him a, give him a little compliment in there. Hell yeah. Oh boy. All right, Jesse. I think everyone knows the answer to this question, but uh, should it bomb? One, two, three, four. Three, two, one, zero. But I hope the movie Old fails as good as I hope it does. But that doesn't make any fucking sense, Brandon. Of course it does. Oh, yeah. I mean, not good. A lot of times with these films, I'll say the same thing I said a million times where you have all the right ingredients, but you just made the wrong dish. But this one here feels like the something was off about the ingredients. I can't explain it. It's like you ever had vegan cheese. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like textures. I, all I wrong. guess this is cheese. Yeah, <laughs> but there's something off about it. You know, like it's not bad. It's just not what you what your what your mind is telling you what it is. You do have to trick yourself into like yeah. getting into it. So and I I like the idea it. of this five group that we're gonna get spinoffs where they team up differently. Brilliant. Love that idea. I love yeah. the idea of, of using all the different spy organizations that are in the world because there are a lot of them, you know, and then you, you can introduce other ones because the middle like uh, like parts of the Middle East have their own spy in, uh, industry and shit. It's like there's so much you can do with that. It'd be really fun. And you can bring in the Kremlin and bring in a, a Russian spy. There's so much you can do. And so, like, the pieces are there. You're looking at the right thing. But, God, God I just it just doesn't work. Yeah, to the uh, to the point of your vegan cheese analogy, uh, words I never thought would come out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, I I likened it to. Have you ever watched the Try Guys on YouTube? Uh, I am a fan and have followed Keith Hasselberger for a long okay. time, so I have seen some Try Guys due to him. Sure. 
Okay, so mm-hmm. I've watched the Try Guys for a long time, ever since they were with BuzzFeed. And they have never this- like dead. So I guess I was right there. Yeah. Because I know he's a weird. Uh, yeah, there was always something off. Well, we know now. Yeah. Um, but there's one thing they do where they will try to make something in the kitchen, like a dish, with oh, all yeah, the ingredients, like- but not the recipe. That's okay. what this fucking feels like. They yeah, have all yeah, the ingredients, but they don't know what the hell they're doing. It's like we're trying yeah. to make a spy film, but we don't actually know how to do that. And they're That's just throwing pretty, things together. Pretty good analogy, Jesse. Usually I'm the analogy guy, but you got that pretty good. And here, you know what the worst part is? Simon Kenberg, the director, he wrote Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Sherlock Holmes. Are you kidding? Both really good films Those like fantastic. this. Yeah. But here's the thing. He he's a great writer. You want to know what his directorial debut was? Uh-oh. What? Dark Phoenix. <laughs> this guy's just a bad director. That's the problem. Stick to writing, dude. You write he's fantastic. A great writer. Do do what you do, man. Let's see. Writer. Probably gets paid more as a director though. Oh, he wrote oh, wait, he's done a few of the films we've done on here. Triple X State of the Union, he wrote that too. Ooh. He wrote Mr. and Mrs. Smith. He wrote X-Men The Last Stand. Very good. He wrote Jumper, a movie I actually kind of like. That was not bad. He wrote Sherlock Holmes. He wrote X-Men First Class. He mean he wrote This Means War. He really likes spies. Hmm. Weird. X-Men Days of Future Past. Fantastic Four. Oh, he did the Fantastic Four that we did. Ooh, he wrote that too. And Boy, he six. is hot and cold. <laughs> Oh, he just gets worse because he also wrote X-Men Apocalypse. He wrote Dark Phoenix and directed it. Uh, he produced the New Mutants. Owie, man. Uh, so he's, oh boy, he, he he's just really bad. He just got really bad is what happened. What happened, bro? Who hurt you? What happened to this guy? <laughs> Who hurt How do you, you go from fun movies like Sherlock Holmes and jumper and and the last stand no last stand's bad no days of future bass is good yeah how do you go from stuff like that to like i mean he produced the martian which i love and chappy which i love you're the best in the world at what you do boy this guy is really hot and cold maybe maybe we just say no to simon kinberg for now on we need we need to take a break. It's not us, it's you. He's not even old. He's not even 50 yet, but I think maybe he's I think maybe he's burnt out. Let's give this guy a break for a little bit. Yikes, I'm just looking through stuff here. God dang, bad. Anyway, it has nothing to do with it. Well, actually it has a lot to do with it. We did we rarely talk about the director by themselves for some reason. Even though we all That's know true. that the director really has more to say about how bad the movie is than anything else. Because if an actor is doing bad, it's the director's job to be like, "Hey, you're doing bad." You know yeah, what I mean? So exactly. Yeah, I mean the director. It the director's job is to lead the telling of the story. You you know people are like, "Oh, the director's got to make sure that they get the best shot of this," and it's like, no, the director actually doesn't do that. The director tells. The print the uh, prince the director of photography. I this is the story I want to tell with this shot. How can we do it? They collaborate and they tell the story. The director is literally in just in charge of telling the story the way that he wants to tell it. Everyone else's job is to physically do it. And if an actor does a bad job, you go, "That's not what I'm seeing here." Exactly. You tell the actor how you want that story to be told. So if the story is bad, film. 
she's done a couple of weird movies I've never heard of, like straight to DVD things. But two movies stand out here that had theatrical releases, other than Three Five Five, and that is the OK nineteen ninety six movie Harriet the Spy. Yeah, she wrote right. that. That's not bad. But she also wrote the absolutely god awful atrocious Catwoman, the one with Holly Berry. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. So. I like, I like Holly a, Berry, and that movie was that was not a good movie. Maybe this movie was going to be a failure from the start. Yeah, looking looking at just who's producing this stuff and getting it out there, maybe not the best option. Yeah. Oof. Well, Jesse, maybe next week's uh, movie will have a better writer, better director, better stars. Well, yeah, these stars are fine. Nothing on the stars, but better. I mean, the movie really sold itself as this, like, international women's movie, didn't it? Yeah. Like the, I'm looking at the movie poster. It's it's all of them in black and white. Behind them is just bunch a color of, splash of bunch a bunch of, of different flags. Bunch of flags. Work together or die alone. Fan beaming's on there, and it's funny because she's not introduced until. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, have you ever used the... Um... Uh, so... There's an option on computers where if you're like blind, you can turn it on to say yeah what you're looking at. It's right? Screen reader. So sometimes I like to put that over pictures and look at because <laughs> I can see the text before it comes up. Okay, just to see what they say. Yeah. So I, I I did it on accident right here. A poster featuring five women standing in front of a wall covered with country flags in the world. Below them is the following text from the producers that brought you Jason Bourne. Like no, like. By the way, I know I mentioned producers a second ago. We need to get away from uh, thinking that a producer means shit, means anything. It, it doesn't mean anything. It's the guy it's who says it's okay to spend money. more money. Yeah, it's yeah. just the guy who gives money. Like when they're like, oh, it's produced by Seth Rogen. What you need to do is go, okay, what has he produced in the past? Because he has clearly he has something that he likes to put money into. That's why when something's produced by. Seth Rogen, I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be okay. But if something's produced by like James Cameron, he produces so many films. Who yeah. knows? He's probably got a lot of bullshit. It's an investment for them. It's just money. Sometimes they just say it. They don't even get money. They just use it so they can put a name on a film. Like like Mortal Engines. Uh-huh. Not By the way, who did we think directed it? Peter Jackson. Not not That was well, not the case. He produced it. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that's got to be that was directed by uh, it was Tim, fucking Tim Burton. No, nope. Nightmare he was Before produced. Christmas. Exactly. He produced it. Yeah, that's like ah. Uh, so yeah, he may have bought over. it, but he didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he created it, but yeah. that's it. Yeah. We got to get over uh, being hung up on who's producing a film because it means nothing. Yeah. Because if you put like some weird like Chinese billionaire in there who produces films, probably thirty films a year. You wouldn't go, oh, this movie's being produced by this guy. You'd just be like, oh, it's just some dude with money who wants a good exactly. payback. Exactly. Anyway, uh, I sold it out this time. So, Jesse, what is the next week's movie? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what's going on. One minute, they're having a Denver omelet. Next minute, somebody's sticking a gun in their face. See, I got the idea. Last liquor store we stuck up, remember? That, of course, was from Pulp Fiction, 1994. I, uh, I quoted Pulp Fiction earlier. Yeah, and our next movie is The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle from 2000. 
Which is a stark fucking contrast to this movie. <laughs> but, but. Probably going to be better. It has spies in it. It does have spies in it. Uh, yeah. And um, it's, this is uh, Robert De Niro, isn't it? Yes. Robert De Niro, Jason Alexander, Renee Russo, Randy Quaid, Kenan Thompson, Kel Mitchell. All right. Let's look, let's look at this cast real quick. I've never seen this. I I we've talked about this before, and yeah, you hadn't seen it. Yeah, I, I have. Se- I have seen it, but I was like, uh, "There's issues with it." By far, there's issues with it, but I was pleasantly surprised with uh, uh, Dudley Do Right. So we'll see. All right, here we go. Robert De Niro. And Renee with- Russo is Natasha. Yeah, yeah. Jason Alexander is Boris. So Boris and Natasha are Jason Alexander and Renee Russo. So that's pretty good. Oh, Piper Paraboo's in it. She's fun. She used to do a lot. John Goodman is a cop. Carl Reiner's yeah. in here. Gene Garofalo's in here. This Randy one, Quaid, Whoopi Goldberg. This one will be easy for the five degrees. Billy Crystal. That's, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Darren yeah, Greer. Yeah. There's a lot of people in here I like. Hey, Max Grodenchik. He is horse spy number one. Uh, he's from Star Trek. He plays one of the Ferengi. Jeff Ross is in this. Yep. It's It's got a, a hell of a cast, man. Yeah. I remember the movie vividly. So, Billy Crystal, huh? Wow. Yeah. He's not credited. Um, he is, he's, he's just, just kind of he's a mattress salesman. Yeah. I, I, Keenan and Kel is interesting to me, though. Yeah, well, this was uh, 2000. This was kind of... This is like the height of Keenan and Kel. Yeah. Huh. So. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm excited. Uh, I, I always enjoy when we do a movie that I know nothing about. Like, I, I usually have a little story to go, oh, yeah, this is what I can tell you about it, but I've got <laughs> nothing. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, this summer, it's not the same old bull. That's the tagline. <laughs> well, I, I get that's kind of a dumb tagline because I get it because his name's Bullwinkle, but he's not a bull. No, he's a moose. But is a male moose called a bull? I think it is. Well, uh, you know, I bet it is. A Maybe bull that's moose. what they're playing on. Yeah the the casting at the top of the of the poster actually says De Niro, Russo, Alexander, Moose, Squirrel. <laughs> So I looked up the director because I've never heard of this guy before. Nitasha, it's Moose uh, and Squirrel. Des McEnough. He has directed two movies. This and a movie called Cousin Bet. Uh, which, again, I've never heard of. Oh, both of which failed critically. Okay. <laughs> well, that kind of answers that. So the director is a nobody. And then the guy who wrote it. That name sounds Kenneth Lonergan. That name sounds familiar. Oh, wow. Okay, well, this is interesting. The guy who wrote this film also wrote "Analyze This," which is okay, uh-huh. and "Gangs of New York." <laughs> wow, which is a fantastic film, and "Manchester by the Sea," which is a phenomenal film. But then randomly in the middle, he's got Margaret, which looks like absolute shit. Hmm. 
You Can Count on Me, which also looks like absolute shit, and The Adventures of Bullwinkle and Rocky Bullwinkle. So this guy is hot and cold, too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I always like it whenever it's somebody that you never know what you're going to get out of them. They can't all be winners, I suppose. No, no, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing. Well, that should be fun. Again, always enjoy me a, a, a movie that I know not shit about. And yeah. you can't even judge it based on the writers and stuff because they're nobody. So should be interesting. Hmm. Anyway, Jesse, what are you watching? Do I know they're bad? Yes, I know they're bad. Do I accept that they're bad? Yes, I accept that they're bad. 1999's The Astronaut's Wife. I have not had time to watch anything since uh, the last episode, except for I have started watching The Legend of Vox Machina, per your suggestion, and that Mm -hmm. is fucking epic. It's phenomenal. I love it? it so much. You um, love Grog. Yeah. You'll get you'll tear up. You'll they're, if you it, watch their show enough, fantastic. you'll tear fantastic. Yeah. They're That's really well good, written. man. Yeah. Um game I've been playing, I went back and I started playing uh, Kerbal Space Program, the first one, because the second one just came out in beta. Uh you you build spaceship like rockets and you you send them in I mean you you have to know like you learn actual rocketry. Like you learn terms like periaps and apoaps and all this different stuff and how to put something into orbit. And it's really cool if you like building things in a game. So it's a game about being a rocket scientist, huh? Basically, yes. Yes. Uh, and you, you're you part of a race of people called Kerbins. Basically, they're just small humans. Uh, because of that, everything is smaller. So, like, um, you know, your average uh, geospatial orbit, I think, for the planet Kerbin, which is Earth but smaller, is, okay. I think, like 200 thousand kilometers or something like that i had it figured out at one point um but you find yourself figuring out math like that what's a geospatial orbit for a planet with this circumference and uh how much fuel does it take to get me to the moon and uh, there's multiple planets an entire solar system for you to explore and build you know you start off with like a rocket booster and a command module and a parachute and you have to like in the career mode you gain science from researching things and it's just a lot of fun. I've put over 200 and something hours into this game, according to Steam. Um, well worth it. Kerbal Space Program. Uh, the first one has been out for a long time, has two expansions. Don't get the second. I don't know. Unless you're a veteran of the first one, don't worry about getting the second one during early access because it is kind of a step backwards because they don't have okay. all the features. It's prettier, but they don't have all the features yet. So uh, if you can get the first one on a deal... Uh, phenomenal. Uh, it's worth every penny. Uh, even regular price, I think it's like 30 bucks or so. Worth every penny. So, hmm. um, The book that I have been listening to, and I am normally a reader, not a listener, but I do listen to a lot of different books after I've read them. This one I listened to first, and you'll know why. It is Paddle Your Own Canoe, One uh, Man's yes, Fundamentals America. for Delicious Living. That was my bathroom book for... Uh, <sighs> Uh, I don't know, a couple weeks. Yeah. Love Nick it. Offerman. Nick Offerman. Fantastic. And he reads it and it is magical. <laughs> yeah. He's got a, he's got a chapter in there about how every man should carry a handkerchief. Yeah. And his reasonings are really funny. Yeah. The whole... He's like, no, not just because you need to blow your nose sometimes, but maybe you need to touch something that's hot or you need to patch up a wound or you need a small 
uh, sack to hold berries and twigs that you found <laughs> on the woods. I, I don't know why, but that, that little section there always stands out to me. Yeah. Plus, he's it, got such a, a great voice. Oh, God. It's fantastic. It's relaxing and informative. And the man is, I tell you, always eloquent and often delicious. He's got a whole <laughs> chapter about having sex with his wife, and it's very funny. Yeah. Just like the having sex and like they bought a bunch of properties so they could have sex outside yeah. and stuff. It's just a very, very good book. Very, um, it's not toxic masculinity, you know, like right. a lot of people worry that sometimes what he's portraying is toxic. It's, it's the more exact just opposite, like honestly. remember like being one with nature in a positive way and not and like he, yeah. he doesn't call anyone a sissy well, for having their own things. He no. just basically is like, why don't we? Why don't we fix things anymore? Why don't yeah. we repair stuff and, and make stuff? One part of the book that I remember explicitly is when he talk when he's talking about mustaches, and he says that he thought Freddie Mercury was a a uh, you know a handsome man with a rocking mustache who could sing his fucking face off, and then he hmm. found out he was gay. And he didn't know anything about gay people, but then he found out all this stuff about gay people, and then he immediately thought that Freddie Mercury was a handsome man with a rocking mustache that could sing his fucking face off. And I'm like, <laughs> that's that that's exactly it. He, the yeah. fact that he's gay didn't change a damn thing in his mind. So he he comes off as manly and masculine, but it's almost not even toxic in his case because while he is manly and masculine in most people's eyes, He's also unbelievably open-minded and accepts oh, yeah. everyone yeah. for what they are as long as they're, you know, a stand-up human being. As long as you're a good person, he doesn't care. Right. That's Which is a great awesome. way to look at life. Like, like he, he would love for people to make their own things. And I, I don't think it's a way of like, oh, you don't want to change a tire, you pansy. He's not saying stuff like that. He's just no. saying, don't you think these talents are something that would be very useful Right, you and may yeah, I've read that book. Someday. Very good. Yeah, very good book. Very good. So yeah, check that guy out. That's good stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I will second this. This is a book I've actually read that Jesse did. I read a lot of I read a lot of comedic nonfiction. So if it's like, uh, do you like uh, Craig Ferguson? Oh yeah, American he on has purpose. A book called Amer American on accident. It's American on, on purpose. purpose. Yeah, it's on his purpose, biography. Yeah. It's so good. So good. <laughs> Such a good book. And I, I and he reads it if you get the audio book. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was suggesting it to you. I do not like Russell Brand very much, but he wrote two books called My Bookie Wook, both of which are very good because he really goes in depth on how tragic it is to be a drug addict and the the shit you do when you're addicted to that party lifestyle. And Although some people think that he's kind of glorifying it, I don't see any glory in it. Sure. You could tell he's very sad because of all the shit he did. And the, the, he does the, I think he at least does it for the first one. I can't remember. I think he does it for the second one, but he reads it for that as well. Very interesting. I, I just like those kind of books. I like, like, one of my favorite books of all time is I Am Jackie Chan. Yeah. Which is just a really well made biography of Jackie Chan because yeah. his life was so interesting. Yeah. I'm a big nonfiction guy, though, so. I love biographies. I'm about to start, after Paddle Your Own Canoe, I am starting Greenlight's Matthew McConaughey's biography. Oh. And he reads it. I love Matthew McConaughey's voice. Keep it running for just a second. I'm going to run to my bookcase real quick. Yes, go. Um, I, I, when I when I looked at Greenlight's in the uh, the book aisle, I was actually like going through it, and I, I turned and I told my girlfriend, I said, you know, this book, I can't not hear it. 
in McConaughey's voice. It's written exactly like you would expect Matthew McConaughey to speak. Uh, so when I found the audiobook, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, also, since it's just me and you guys, there's another book that you might want to look at. Um, it's uh, Tom Felton's uh, autobiography, and it is um, it's about right, I forget exactly what it is or what. I it's still called. have my physical copy of it. Beyond the, the Wand. I was just checking. Tom, oh, okay, Tom okay. Felton, Beyond the Wand, The Magic and Mayhem of Growing Up a Wizard. That's another oh. good one that just came out. There's a book called Happy Little Accidents. It's a very good uh, uh, Bob Ross biography. Oh, yeah. And there's a book called Penn and Teller, Cruel Jokes to Play on Your Friends. And while it's one part of the book is a trick book and learning how to play tricks, the other part of the book is like an interesting story about their rise to where they are. So a lot of good books out there. Uh yeah, I'm, I'm right now reading the Tasting History book by Max Miller. Huh. Nice. I'm a fan, which is, it's it's 90% just a cookbook. But he I has, mean, like, interesting introductions throughout it that are uh, I like reading because it's like he's an interesting guy. Yeah. All right, so what am I watching, Jesse? Yeah, what are you doing? I went and saw a little film the other day called Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I was hoping you went to see that. <laughs> and uh, I'll give it positive reviews across the board. A very positive review. Uh, that being said, there are, I did have some weird hangups. Um, one, way more gore than I thought. This movie is gory. I mean, yeah. like a person is strapped to a gurney at one point and they fly out the back of a ambulance and they're just their face gets grinded on this road while they're sliding like that and it's like jesus christ i mean you watch it and i'm like god dang it was brutal um the tone of the movie is super weird because it is very much a comedy but it's framed in a dramatic way so like a lot of comedies do that thing where they're like well you know that's why we're here and they kind of like hold for applause and laughter this movie doesn't do that. It does like dramatic beats, which makes it really interesting because there's a whole sub story in this film about a cop trying to find the drug dealers. And the the cast is stellar, by the way. There's a ton of people in it. But this is Ray Liotta's last film. Mm, yeah. And it got delayed slightly. And I was like, oh, no, why is he getting delayed? That's never a really good sign. But it got delayed because whenever he died, a bunch of producers were like, put more money into the graphics for the bear. We don't want Ray Liotta's last film to look like shit, you know? And sure. he gives a great performance. Everyone gives a great performance. Uh, the, uh, the guy who played Han Solo's in it. He's really fun in it. O'Shea Jackson's in here. Uh, Carrie Russell, the kid that played young Ryan Reynolds in uh, that Adam project movies in there. He's fantastic. Um, if you watch TikTok. The guy who does the angry at work TikTok, where he's like, you know, where they're like, I'm never shopping here again. He goes, Good. We oh, don't yeah. want you here. He's in it. He's a oh. ambulance guy. It's just, I like it, that. It's guy. just, for some reason, the movie just works. And it, it is, there's no, no mean depth to this. It's a bear that eats and does a bunch of cocaine and goes fucking wild and starts killing people. And that's all it is. It's a slasher film, but the slasher happens to be a coked up bear. Cocaine bear. You know? And uh, it's got a weird introduction because the introduction is an advertisement for another film, Burt Kreischer's The Machine. Because <laughs> yeah. he shows up 
after like the movie starts, he shows up and goes, Hey, it's me, Bert Kreischer, the original cocaine bear. And then he like starts talking about the machine. And I'm like, well, this is a weird tie in advertisement for another film. We haven't seen those in a long time. That's so awesome. do I suggest everyone go out and run and go see it? Eh, I, I, if you wait, you're not going to be like, Oh man, I wish I would have been one of the ones to see it in theaters. It's not one of those films. But if you like to enjoy going to a comedy, like if you're one of those people that laughs at a movie, actually laughs, I think it's worth going to see. I, I really did enjoy it. Cool. Um, I'm also starting a new show. This was a, suggested to me by a friend of mine who said I would absolutely love it. It's right up my alley. The tone is right there. And I love a movie that has a mixed tone where like there's like a, like a comedy bit like – Cocaine Bears is a good example where it's comedy set to dramatic tones, but what if it's a drama set to comedic tones and you get the you get the show Hunters, which is not a funny show by any means. It's about Nazi hunters in the seventies hunting down Nazis that have made it into the United States, and uh, like freaking Al Pacino is in it. He's mm. the lead guy, but the whole thing about it is they do this weird seventies thing which kind of gives it this tone of like comedy from a bits and there are comedic characters. Uh, but the show is really interesting. I'm really getting into it. I love the performances in it. And if you're someone who gets kind of emotionally affected by just the pure fucking disgusting nature of what the Holocaust was, this show does a good job at putting it into a frame for you and going, yeah, this is bad. Like there, there's just a scene where they catch one of the Nazis and he was, he was like a, he experimented on children. And when they go through his stuff, they find this box full of teeth, children's teeth. And you're just like, God damn it. Like you just, things like that just make you go, Oh, Oh God. Or they go to a bunker and they find like half a mile of just paintings and gold and silver and jewelry and silverware and just valuables. And it's all loot that was taken from the Jews during, and it's just like, God fucking damn it. Like the movie or the show will get you depressed and sad, but then there's a lot of kind of uplifting and vengeance in it that makes you kind of go, fuck yeah. But they do such a good job at making you remember how terrible the Nazis were that you kind of go, yeah, fucking brutalize that motherfucker. Kill that guy <laughs> in the most brutal fucking way you can. There's one guy that did a bunch of tests on people with seawater because they were having issues with soldiers dying at sea. So they were trying to experiment with ways to make soldiers survive. So they were pumping people full of seawater and seeing what would happen. And so they drowned the guy with a snorkel in a chair. And you're like, God fucking right get him uh there's a lady that invented the gas that's used to kill the uh the jews in the holocaust and they gas her in her shower and you're like fucking right you're you're like cheering for the brutal murder of these elderly people (laughs) (laughs) but like you remember they're all nazis and you're just like yeah fucking kill them and it's funny because like the reviews on it are weird because some people think that it's a little like uh exploitative of it, but other people kind of don't see that at all. And they see the opposite. So it's very mixed with reviews, Uh, but I enjoy it, but it's not for the faint of heart. Cause there are times where I tear up just like someone's like, Oh God, you get flashbacks. Cause three or four of the members of that we see were in concentration camps. Right. 
so you get flashbacks of them being there or why they have this anger towards uh you know the nazis and you're just like oh and it just really brings you down but like because like the thing is I, i was just talking to a friend of mine it's not funny it's ironic that no matter how evil a villain is in a movie it's never as evil as we were to ourselves as humans oh yeah like in a movie when it's like oh he's the big bad evil villain he wants to destroy half the earth he wants to destroy uh he wants to to rule over everybody but like none of them get to do it you know like they all get stopped but this one is like in real life they fucking tortured and murdered six million people (laughs) six million and then it's like "Eh, well you know we did that you know and and like then afterwards we kill off some of them but then we're like well pretty good scientists so we should probably bring them over and that's a big plot point of the show is how many nazis were brought over to america uh to help us with things like getting to the moon or medicine and it's just like God damn, man. It really makes you kind of like hate, just fucking hate humanity. But at the same time, there is like an uplifting bit to it that makes it kind of, you know, more stomach, stomachable. You know, you can actually watch it. But sure. yeah, I'm watching that on TV and I'm, I went and saw Cocaine Bear um, playing a game. I am sort of playing a new game. Uh, because I'm still playing, I take a while to play games, but uh, the new Octopath Traveler came out, Octopath Traveler 2, and I loved the first one. Very good throwback classic RPG. This new one is just as good. Characters are fun, and I'm enjoying it so far. So that's what I'm playing. Uh, and my musical suggestion, it's a band called, it's, it was a guy's name, Benjamin Dakota Rogers, right? Uh very folksy, very folksy, very twangy. You know, he's kind of got the, well, we down in the river and, 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 and you know, that kind of thing. But it's like mm-hmm. modernized. It's a, kind of like an indie rock feel. Uh, I think the best song to listen to to kind of get an idea of who they are and how they feel is John Came Home. Very good, very good song. So awesome. uh, if you're if you're like a bluegrass fan or you like that kind of like folksy feel, I definitely would suggest uh, reaching out for those guys. Cool, cool. And I'm always going to choose artists, by the way, that are kind of small. And I know that some of these people have like 30 million listens, but these aren't Taylor Swift. These aren't Ed Sheeran. They're not those level of people. These are these are much smaller artists that I'm always going to try to give a shout out to them. Well, yeah, you know, if you like the big ones or not, you've heard them by accident. Who I'm going to suggest, I don't know if any of them have had radio play. Good. On a standard radio station. So that's kind of where I am with things. Cool. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, well, and, of course, you can also find me where I'm also at on TikTok. I'm, uh, you know, Brando Supreme. Uh, but Jesse can tell you where you find everything else. If you go to boxofficebombsquad.com, there's our uh, contact information. It makes it a little easier for you to find us. Of course, you know, Twitter, Mastodon, Brandon's TikTok, my YouTube. Um, there will be other things, I'm sure. Uh, you can also go to anchor.fm, read the show notes. I'll put links to what are you watching in there. Also a link to the Spotify playlist, songs that don't deserve to bomb. Um, and then, of course, you can leave us a voicemail message if you'd like. And uh, there's a spot to give us money. We like money. Yes, we do. You like money, too? 
<laughs> I like money. Uh, <laughs> Every time I hear I we like money and I like Starbucks? money. It's, yeah, exactly. It's Dax Shepard from Idiocracy. Every mm-hmm. time. I like money. <laughs> yeah. When he's like, You like money too? Cool. Yeah, cool. We sh- we'll get Starbucks. <laughs> Welcome to Costco. I don't really want a hand job right now. <laughs> uh, <is> a national <laughs> treasure. <laughs> All right. You know, Something about that that movie is the bane of my existence and when I'm in a film I love. Yeah. I love that film, but I am just so fucking tired of every time it's brought up, you hear the same thing. It's not a movie anymore. It's a documentary. Uh, I mean, it's and not I'm just that like, bad. Yeah, because of every time someone says something like that, I go because of people like you. I just, <laughs> I, I just like, I, I just can't stand it anymore. Don't. It's, Say it to Brandon. There's like these phrases that people hold on to that don't add up when you think about it. And I hate it. Like, you ever met someone when you're like, oh, Funko Pops? Like, those are just the new Beanie Babies. And it's like, Funko Pops, Funko Pops is fucking publishing them for over 10 years. Beanie Baby was around for four years total. Yeah. They're nothing alike. Every time someone says something like that, I just want to like put my finger against their lips and be like, let let people enjoy things. Yeah. Just fucking like, let stop, people enjoy stop. things. That's it. And if if you do have a criticism about something, be original. Think of your own criticism. Yeah, don't find a criticism. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> don't find a criticism you found somewhere and you're like, gonna use that one. Yeah. Like, do your own thing, man. Like, just be original. Sometimes you'd be surprised. I didn't hate the 2016 Ghostbusters female-led film. It happens. I thought I hated it, but I didn't. Yeah. There you go. Anyway. Has nothing to do with this. Uh, right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This one went a little long because we <laughs> hate this movie. So we kind of really distracted ourselves with other things. So we went on a tangent doing a live Joe Morton connection. Uh, <laughs> we talked about Nick Offerman for an extended period of time. Uh, man, whip. We, yes, right. All right. Thanks, everybody. This just in. Scientists discover that Canadian bacon is actually ordinary ham. What the fuck are her powers? Do you want laser raptors? Because that's how you get laser raptors. I hate you so much. (laughs)